what did you have for breakfast? I'm currently still enjoying it. It is a, um, a smoothie of sorts. Uh, half a banana, half an apple, some strawberries, and a scoop of one of those mixes that gives you everything that you need. It's pretty tasty. Welcome to episode 60 of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Print Company in Fort Worth, Texas. Offering screen printing, embroidery, and a host of other promotional products. Go to theskinnyarmadillo.com to learn more. To celebrate the 60th episode of the podcast, I had the pleasure of talking with Caitlin Clausens, who is the face of Katie's Classroom, along with her co-host Toby, on the popular YouTube channel Super Simple Play, which is part of Skyship Entertainment's Super Simple Songs Network, whose main channel has over 23 million subscribers. Katie talks about her journey from growing up in Ontario and going to university for film production, moving to New York City and busking on the subway, to finding session vocal jobs that ended up being featured in Super Bowl commercials. We find out why she ended up returning to Canada, and went on to build a successful children's educational entertainment business, and subsequently got an opportunity with Skyship to become a presenter and produce her own series. Having Caitlin talk about children's education really gave me hope of how we can teach our children to be empathetic and kind humans as they grow up. Music is a hugely important part of children's development. And if we can combine that with a shift in mindset about human rights, I think there is a good chance of gradually changing the world for the better. If nothing else, please think about the type of world you want to leave for future generations and vote accordingly. Improve your community for the benefit of making their world better. Welcome to another episode of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. I'm joined today by Caitlin Clausens, who is from Super Simple Songs, uh, Skyship Entertainment. Um, she also runs Caitlin for Kids, which is a, a musical uh, education and does events and birthday parties and workshops. Um, welcome and how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Um, so how are you doing with the, uh, the COVID situation? Yeah, it's uh, very strange times. We're very lucky here. Um, we're in Canada and uh, it seems to be under control um, nicely, hopefully, um, we're starting to reopen things. I've been able to work from home, which is nice. That's good. I have a bunch of stuff here on my wall. Mm -hmm. Um, cause this is where I've been live streaming, singing songs to the kids, uh, That's throughout awesome. the week. Yeah. So we've been pretty lucky up here. Um, just staying at home as much as possible, doing real big grocery shops, mm -hmm. making it last. Absolutely. So let's uh, give people a bit of an intro. Um, I saw you because my granddaughter's really into super simple songs. You know, she loves the, the you know, Toby, the puppet, and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, all the songs you do. Um, but if you could give people who don't have, you know, younger children, you know, a, a bit of a background of what you do. For sure. Well, super simple songs um, started over a decade ago when YouTube first came out. So that um, we do children's content for YouTube. And Super Simple Songs just started making simple songs for children um, to learn English mostly. Mm -hmm. um, it was started by two teachers in Japan. And this was way before I, I had anything to do with it. I came in much, much later. Mm -hmm. and, and Super Simple since then has grown to become sort of a little empire on YouTube. There's multiple channels 
um, and they have a whole animation house and everything. Mm-hmm. And so they, I got involved maybe three, four years ago. They were looking for a narrator for um, one of their animated shows, a narrator and singer. And that's how I got involved. And then from there, things grew. Um, but yeah, Super Simple does songs and sh- shows. They have cartoons. We do a bunch of educational resource stuff for, for teachers. Our, our website has tons of free stuff for teachers to and parents to download and use um, with their little ones for learning and fun. And it's, and so I'm the sort of, uh, I suppose the, the only real human mm-hmm. that's, that are in these songs and videos at the, at this point, there's a lot of puppets and a lot of animated right. characters. Mm-hmm. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, it's great. And I'm so excited that your granddaughter likes it. Oh, she loves it. Yeah. We actually, I just bought a Toby plush toy and she loves him. So Awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so do, does uh, so Skyship is the uh, the umbrella company, I guess. Yes. So um, Skyship is the umbrella company that does a uh, well. It is mostly super simple. That is their sort of flagship, but they yep. but there are some other things that 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 they do. Okay. Do they own the copyright for Baby Shark? Is that right? Oh, is this is the big controversy. <laughs> I don't know. I I was I I know it's popular, and you know I'm not obviously. Yes. Um. Well, I don't know all the details about it. I'm not. I'm not one of the owners or or, right. or part partners of of the company. Um. But but what I know is that Pink Fong has a version uh, of okay. Baby Shark that is also very popular, and yeah. ours came out. Um. I think a couple months later, it was already in production. So. It, um, okay. Uh, and so now there's two versions of Baby Shark. Uh, um, Pink Fong has has one. They're the they're the much bigger one. But they're I think in a in a lawsuit currently because oh. someone else is is claiming that they came up with that arrangement right. for Baby Shark. I I so didn't they've, actually they've, know they've there kind was of a had lawsuit. To halt it. Yeah, yes. I, I didn't even know that. I was just giving people kind of a reference that they might have oh, seen yes, something. Oh yes, Baby I, Shark I didn't is the big super simple song. Yeah. Okay, so if you if you've seen a super simple song, it's probably Baby Shark. Right. Okay, that's cool. Um, and yeah, and another reference point is, uh, you know, not not to, um, you know, no disrespect to the current Wiggles, but you know, I my kids grow up on on the original Wiggles, and I know you've you've had the Wiggles on your show, and they're like the top you know, children's entertainment, you know, band, if you will. Um, you know, we, we went to a couple of different, uh, you know, live shows and, you know, I think that's, they're, they're kind of the, I would think the forerunners of the like touring version of kids entertainment, I would think. I mean, there's been a ton of stuff on TV before that, but they were like the superstars. So they are, they are a powerhouse and they're the nicest, nicest people. We were so, so excited that they wanted to do something with, with us. And they were just, they were just sort of down for anything. They were like, yeah, sure. We'll come. We'll do it. What That's do you want? Awesome. <laughs> Which was so cool. But they, but they tour nine months out of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just busy, 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 go, go, go all the time. They produce so much content. Yeah. They just, you know, have but, so much coming out all the time. But I, you know, our granddaughters like uh, being, being force fed the originals. Cause they're the oldies that they're, they're right. we used to, but anyway, um, yeah. but yeah, let's, let's dig into your background. Um, so you have obviously the, uh, the web show you, you live stream, um, you do all the animation and let's talk a little bit about your, um, Caitlin for kids. That's, 
if you, yeah, if you just want to talk about that. Sure. Um, yeah. So, well, that, that kind of came, um, out of necessity. I, I was living in, in New York for a little while and, um, in New York, I started work, like, working for a number of di- different companies that well, they were looking for somebody who could play guitar and sing and had some experience with, with kids. Mm-hmm. So I was working for a bunch of different companies down there that did these sort of mommy and me classes. And I had never heard of anything like that before where they were, um, you know, you're singing songs to babies. Um, and sure. I, I really liked it. And I had to move back home to Canada. And there wasn't a lot of things like that up here right. um, in, in Ontario. So... I started putting together these classes on my own and um, that's how it started, just doing uh, classes with um, parents and their little ones. Mm-hmm. And that, that kept me busy for a long time. And from there, uh, I started doing events uh, at different places and birthday parties, which are so fun. That's, that's cool. Yeah. And then that's that kind of just became a thing because I needed to work. So I created this thing sure. and, it, and, it, and um, over a couple of years, it got... It, it was keeping me busy full, full time and it was great. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't do much stuff with it anymore because since, um, since I started working with Super Simple, I, I became a, a full-time employee with them producing and per- performing w- with them. So it's become, uh, I haven't been able to do those classes and I really mm-hmm. miss them. Um, but it was, it was nice to have that little corner of music with right. kids. That's great. Um, so how did you get into music in the first place? What, what, yeah. you know, what, uh, where, what was the impetus of, uh, of that? I, o- I always loved singing. Singing was, was the thing. It was just singing along to, to, to the radio. I loved musical theater growing up and it was, everything was, was just a vehicle to be able to, to sing my guitar mm. playing, any like songs that I wrote were all just to be able to sing. Yeah, then I did musical theater as a kid uh, in university. I met some other um, friends that liked music and playing, and we sort of we, we started that that band, LA Tunes, which has a terrible name, but it stuck. <laughs> uh, and we played around there. And then, yeah, when it when it came a time to okay, well now you need a job, you need to make money. I thought, well let's let's try singing. Let's try doing anything I I can do to make money by singing. Mm. So did you go to uh, university for music or did you do something else at that point? No, I went to university for film studies. I was really okay. into film um, at in in high school. I, I went to uh, a regional arts high school where you, you get to major in a arts program. Mm-hmm. And I majored in dramatic arts and we did a little bit of film production in there. And I thought at the time film was such um, an exciting medium to share um, information with through documentary or just to make people feel something and share a story. I thought if you're going to share a story, you got to do it through the visual medium of film and then combine that with like film and music. So I went to school for that and it wasn't really a a production course, but we did have a little bit of production. And then I realized I actually hate film production. It takes so long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then you could like work for a year on a on a film and then you, you get to the end of the year and you realize you don't like it or it doesn't work and mm. and it was like oh no so then I went back to the um the more immediacy of performing like I couldn't do it right <laughs> I didn't have the patience for film so um and then you you did uh you said you moved to New York was it about three years and I, I did read something on one of your bios about uh 
taking like a summer intensive uh, musical theater class. Is that yeah. right? That's that's kind of what brought me down there. I was I was working here in in Toronto at a at a theater company, and there was a musical theater course in New York at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. It was kind of like a summer camp for grownups. Hmm. Um, so I wanted to take that. So saved up some money and went down there for two weeks and just got to sort of study musical theater. Awesome. And I thought that that would be really great and sort of helpful. Um, but it turned out to be mostly like summer camp. It wasn't so much like an educational thing. It was mostly just something for right. young adults to do, <laughs> I think. But, um, but it brought me down to New York and that's where I met, um, the, the person who became my husband. So I met him during those two weeks. Cool. And, uh, that's was sort of the, the inspiration then to spend more time there and mm. why I moved there for a short period of time. Awesome. Um, yeah, and I read that you uh, you played on the subway and yes. um, oh, Norwegian Cruise Lines was another thing. Yeah, I did. Any, I did I, all sort. I did whatever I could do to mm. <laughs> make it work and sort right. of sing for my supper. That's cool. Did, have you done any like national touring? Uh, no, no. Um, I I didn't actually when when I first mo moved to New York, I I auditioned I think like two or three times for some stuff and. Um, I'm terrible at auditions. Uh, I never like wore the right thing. I would go there and everyone would have like their makeup and their hair done and they'd be in heels and I'd be like in sneakers and I don't know how to like use mascara. <laughs> and it was just like, it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so, right. um, uh, so I, I never did any national touring or anything. So, uh, I, I did, I did a couple little off Broadway shows, which, which were fun, but that's, yeah, I mo mostly what I did when I went down to New York was I wanted to do session singing. Mm -hmm. So before I had gone down to New York, I had recorded a bunch of demos here in Toronto. I think just five demos. I hired a, a studio and went in with karaoke tracks and sang five different sort of genres of music, made a website and just started to like cold email people out in New York, be like, hey, I'm a singer in New York. And if you have demos you want to cut or, mm. you know, you want a voice on a commercial or something. And I heard back from a couple of people and that's and that was what I started focusing on once I got to New York after these auditions that didn't go very well. I was like, well, right. I'm just going to put I'm just going to push harder for doing the session singing. And that's and that's what what worked out mostly. Yeah, and and it seemed to do pretty well because you got on a is it a T-Mobile commercial for the Super Bowl? That was very exciting. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah that was a Super Bowl commercial that had Chelsea Handler and Sarah Silverman in it. Okay, and uh, and my voice going ba da 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 ba da da da. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I one one question though about the uh, using the um um the karaoke tracks just le mm -hmm. legality wise, I know. There's a lot of restrictions, especially on YouTube, about using like uh, stuff that has the karaoke rights to it, and it gets pulled down. So I, I guess that was just for audition purposes, and you had like a disclaimer <clears throat> or something, or yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't um, put them up on YouTube. They were just on my website, and I just had a thirty second clip of it. Mm. I don't know if that makes a difference. And actually, two of the two of the tracks. Um, one of them, uh, two, well, two, two of them I had musician friends create for me. Oh, okay. Because I couldn't find one that, that worked the way I mm -hmm. wanted it to. But then the other three were just, yeah, 
taken from the internet. Right. But yeah, no one's come it, after me. It got the job done. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think if you're using it as your work per se, it, it's a bit of an issue. But if it's just like a demo reel, then it's not quite so much of an issue. Yeah. So, These are all things that like I've never really considered. Right. The legality of things. So what what brought you back to Toronto? Well, that's a tale. Okay. I could tell the tale. Okay. Um, I was trying to get a visa in uh, to, to stay in New York. Mm -hmm. I had applied twice, hired a lawyer, did the whole thing, and my application was sort of lost for some reason. I wasn't hearing back, which is why we applied twice. Mm -hmm. And then I did a really silly thing. I was on a road trip with my um, boyfriend, who then became my husband, who's American, and we tried to cross the border, mm. and that was a silly thing. And... Um, and then they just started asking all these questions about where do you live? How come you're with this American man? And they wouldn't let me back in to the country at that point. Mm. So I had to, um, I went back to my mom's house where I grew up and we had to ship all my stuff that was in New York back here. And I had to start all over again. And oh. I was very upset. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and that kind of really put a fire under my butt to, to, make it work here and just put everything into, into work. So I, I worked really hard for two years building Caitlin for, for kids and finding new session work here. Um, just cause I was so sad. I didn't want to, mm. I just had to work to, to stop from being so sad that I couldn't be in New York anymore. Right. Given our current climate, are you glad you're still there? <laughs> well, yeah, this, you know, everything kind of, I, I always sort of felt, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I knew that this was a very real possibility that I wouldn't be able to stay there. It was so, mm. it was becoming so hard to immigrate there. And I had stayed there too long. I knew that there was a, a lot of risk. And um, I'm, I'm really glad that, that, you know, things worked out here in Toronto. My husband was able to, we, we, we got married. He was able to come up here um, cool. and uh, I found work was super simple, which I probably never would have found in, in New York. Mm. So it, it all, it all work, works it out. Works and our out. political climate here is Yeah, a lot good. easier on the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've def I mean, I've definitely gone through the green card process and everything, and it's, it's a big pain. I mean, I'm not going to lie, and it's probably way yeah. worse than it was. You know, I did it 20 years ago, so, you know, not, not fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's... Uh, Going back to super simple songs, I mean, you, you obviously, you work out of a studio normally, I'm, I'm assuming, and, you know, everything's set up. So what what changes have have had to be made since we got all locked down? And, you know, how yeah. has that affected the business? Well, we were able to all move to working at home um, pretty e easily. Most of the company are, are animators. Mm. Um, so they were able to do that. And we were very lucky, my, my team... Um, we, we were, um, in production for Katie's classroom. We created a new series, um, called Katie's classroom. And we had mm -hmm. just finished recording the first 13 episodes. And then once, once, um, we started getting word that we were all going to have to start working from home, we really pushed the post-production mm. and we were able to get it all to a point where we could start working from home, which That's was right. amazing. Like it happened just in the nick of time. We right. finished it up and all went home. Um, and I was tasked with starting to produce and create the next 13 episodes. So mm. that's what I've been doing for the last uh, few months. And then we decided we wanted to do something for everybody at home. 
And Super Simple has a ton of resources on their website and on YouTube, and we wanted to share that with everybody because it would probably really help them while they have kids at home and they're learning and having having to stay at home now. Mm. Um, so we did a big push to share that with people, and then we created my little studio here that I'm ca- sort of calling Katie's Corner with yeah. a bunch of um, I got a bunch of like props and crafts on the wall from from the classroom. Mm-hmm. And we started doing a live show here. So we started first, um, first we were, we were doing every weekday, every weekday at 11 a.m. We were going live on the Katie's Classroom Facebook page and just doing some super simple songs. We would, I would come up with a theme and pick a couple songs and we'd play for about half an hour. And, and the live shows are so, so fun because you mm. get to see people's comments and what they're right. saying and what they're doing at home. And that's really, really cool. And we, Katie's Classroom used to be a live show, mm-hmm. um, sort of go on a tangent here with your question. Um, Katie's that's Classroom fine. used to be a live show on YouTube. We did 50, 50 plus episodes that, that were broadcasted live. And the whole um, sort of premise of, of, of the live show is that you could in- interact with the comments. Sure. And then right. YouTube changed their policies at the end of 2019. So you could no longer have comment, uh, comments on children's content. Okay. And we decided to to create a new series that wasn't interactive, um, that could maybe reach a wider audience, so you didn't have to watch it live. Sure. So then we were doing that for a couple months, and then once we had the lockdown, I got to go back to live mm-hmm. shows, um, which was a whole learning curve again. And and usually there would be like a crew doing the cameras and you know. Um, all the other stuff, making sure everything works, which yep. is great because I don't know how anything works. And uh, and now I had to like do it myself. And I was like, oh no, Facebook, are you working? <laughs> it's right. super glitchy. Um, so that was a, a whole learning curve. Uh, I miss I miss the tech crew. <laughs> I wish I wish they could set it up for me because I'm sure it'd be much better. But yeah, it's fun doing these live shows at home. Mm having the opportunity to do that otherwise like we wouldn't have done it otherwise so it's pretty cool so um how how are you set up are you just going through facebook itself or you got something like obs software uh, i think it's obs yeah. which is a streaming platform that goes across different yeah. platforms yeah i looked we looked into that um but ultimately decided not to because it created quite um a lag Okay. Yep. And I wanted to be able to interact with, with the comments as mm. close to real time as possible. Cause there'll, there'll be times we'll like, for example, if we're singing old McDonald had a farm, I'd be like, okay, mm. what else is on the farm? And I want to be able to say like, oh, Simon says, uh, a pig. Great. Let's oink, oink here and an oink, oink there. And if, if there was that big delay, I wouldn't really be able to do that. It would come way after. Sure. So we, d- we decided just to go straight through Facebook, which gave us the shortest amount of leg, leg time. But it is kind of glitchy. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've had some comments from 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 people uh, saying that it, it, it it's choppy and stuff. I tried to upgrade my internet. <laughs> There's <laughs> only so much you can do from home with what yeah, you're doing. Exactly. But, yeah. That's cool. But I but I think there 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 is a, a pretty solid crowd that comes out every day, which is really nice. And, uh, and they're enjoying it. So what, what kind of numbers would you get like a couple of years ago when you were doing it on YouTube versus today? Um, it's definitely, we definitely got more numbers on YouTube. Um, we were doing it for longer. Mm. Um, and we had a bigger, uh, subscription base. 
So there's more people following us on YouTube than, right. than I have fo following me on, on Facebook. But we never really got the numbers that we wanted doing a live show. Mm. It's kind of tricky to, to, to get people um, to watch live. You only get so many people. And we have a big international audience. So half of our audience might right. be sleeping sure. during that, that, that time. And they would watch it afterwards. So that's one of the reasons why we, we decided to um, move over to a different series format where we didn't do it live. Because we, mm. were, we were putting so much energy into these live shows. They, they were epic. Like We were doing crazy things. We would have these graphics come in and, and all sorts of stuff. It was really, really cool. Um, I was really, really proud of, of, of what we built there. Um, but it, it just made more, more sense eventually to go to a series format so that we could hopefully reach a wider audience. Sure. And we packaged them all as 22 minutes so they, they could live elsewhere other than YouTube. Mm, so that's that right. they're not just like a YouTube live stream. It could be a real show for broadcast. Sure. Absolutely. So just going back again, um, what was it that drew you into kids' education um, as opposed to maybe, you know, doing the, the regular band thing and touring right. and, and recording? Yeah. Um, I never, I don't I've never really had amb too much ambition to like, write my own songs and, and tour and play as a band. Um, I just wanted to be able to like sing songs, I guess. Um, mm. And, and I've always worked with children ever since I was like in high school. I, I was a ski instructor for really young kids and I worked at a camp and the, that w always seemed like a really natural fit. Mm. And um, I like, I'm really into like, child psychology and parenting. I read all these parenting blogs. I'm not a parent, but like I love mm -hmm. reading how like children's behavior and things like that. It was always very interesting to me. It still, it still is. Um, and children's ed ed education. I always loved coming up with lesson plans and, mm. um, there, were, there was a time where I thought maybe I'd be a, a kind of teacher or maybe I'd like open up a school. I didn't really want to work in the public system. Right. I wanted to have a little bit more free freedom with, with it if I did it. Um, so the children um, that I was always interested in it, but I didn't really pursue it. It just sort of happened. It just was the opportunities that were there and the ones that I ended up thriving in and, and enjoying mm. and um, and just kept going back to. Fantastic. Um, yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm assuming that like the, your experience with musical theater and, you know, maybe the film production stuff has really helped you you know, in certain ways, you know, making the YouTube series and, and, and what you're doing now. Yeah. I suppose I've always, um, I've always liked, uh, creating things. Like I, I would put together like dance routines yeah. with my friends when we were kids. Mm. And I've always like, I was making little movies in high school and growing up. Um, and now at super simple, they, they, um, asked me if I wanted to start producing in in more of a, a producer role because I was kind of doing that naturally anyway mm -hmm. um and then they were like well run with that do that produce this series uh which has been really great um and I, yeah I think my background in film and musical theater just all made it made it more easy and exciting it was always right. stuff like that that I that I enjoyed doing that's great um, and I, you know, I wanted to touch a little bit on the, on the merchandise side of it. Uh, if you, if, I mean, if you are comfortable talking about that, like what, is there a, a large portion that is merchandising first, uh, you know, uh, for Skyship or is it not really that big? Yeah. Like that's the kind of stuff, like I'm not 
totally privy to. Okay. Um, I know that uh, I don't think merchandise is a, is a big piece of their pie. Um, okay. I know that they've maybe been approached by companies um, to sort of license out their characters and things mm -hmm. like that. And that's um, maybe something they, they'd be interested in, but, but it's not, you know, they're not really putting their eggs in that basket right now. Sure. They're, they're really focused on, on uh, producing high quality content. That's that's great. Yeah, that's really. But great. maybe one day. I mean, I would love to do um, a live show. Mm. Go around and like meet some of our our, our classroom friends and stuff. And sure, you know, yeah, do a little touring too. It'd be really cool. Get Toby on the road. Right. <laughs> yeah, because uh, like like we mentioned the Wiggles before. I mean, uh, even back. Uh, how old's my youngest? So we're we're probably going back at least twelve years. You know, even then, their merch, their merch booth was bigger than some yeah. regular, you know, musicians that I've gone to see. And I just, you know, obviously it's a psychology thing. You know, merch is a, um, it's like a memento of the experience you have. But with kids, you know, the the kids may not necessarily, depending on their age, they may not necessarily remember the performance. But their parents are going to remember the smile on their face when they give mm -hmm. them that plush toy. Um, so, you know, obviously you can, you can overdo it, but, you know, having that, having that, uh, thing from the show that you went to, I think is a really, really cool thing. And that, you know, that, like I said, we bought my, my granddaughter, the, the Toby plush toy and she loves it. And, you know, that's gives her an extra kind of like link to the educational stuff, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I love seeing pictures of, um, some of our friends will send us pictures of like they're taking Toby on the subway because we have like a <laughs> song about going on the subway yep, and seeing that one and to Toby like in their baskets when they're riding their bikes and like cuddling with Toby and those and those are so sweet. Mm -hmm. They have a, um, a baby shark plush as well and two of their other characters, um, the star and the owl um, that are that are plush characters. And but that's that's about it. Right. There's been talk of of um of some other things, but yeah, it's not they're they're certainly not um totally focused on that. That's great. It's all about the content. Right. And I think um, you know, just touching on that, the uh like for musicians, um, you know, this is where it starts. This is what's getting, you know, children into music in the first place. It's it's helping with their education and I think um, you know, music with education is really powerful as opposed to just sitting in a classroom and reciting your ABCs and definitely you know, and learning your times table. It's, it, it, it just makes it fun. Yes. And that's definitely sort of the birthplace of super mm. simple songs. That's why it was created. These um, teachers who were, they were working in, in Japan and they wanted to sing songs with their um, classes, but there wasn't really any, um, you know, they couldn't sing the, the traditional English songs because right. they didn't know it. And they also wanted to, to teach them simple vocabulary and things like that in the English language. Mm. Um, and there just wasn't anything out there. So they just started creating it and you, YouTube came around, they put it on there and, and, and it was all about education and teaching. And that's still a, a really um, big stake and super simple. Like for a lot of our songs and shows, there's accompanying re resources and worksheets mm. and stuff that are for free. Right. We just put them up there because we want people to be able to access them. And at Super Simple, we did um, we did a whole series called How to Teach, 
-hmm. where I went through a lot of the super simple songs and sort of broke down the actions because a lot of our songs have movements that you can do with them because that helps little ones remember and also makes it more fun. Um, So we broke down the movements for that and also came up with all sorts of different ideas of how to use the song in the classroom or at home for learning or for fun and how to build on that song for for more learning and role play and all sorts of great things that that you that you could do. So it's really um, a tool for for teachers and parents. And we want it to be more than just like a song you put on or a show you put on for your kids so that they can watch it. Um, we really care about it being um, of value. Right. That's mm-hmm. great. So moving on, um, do you have any advice for, for musicians that um, are just starting out and they might want to get into uh, children's education specifically? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I how I ended up making things happen was just um, on my own. I would email people and be like, Hey, do you have an opportunity? Like I, I put together a, um, uh, a sort of like music lesson plan and I was shopping it around at schools to do mm-hmm. classroom visits, um, created Caitlin for, 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 for kids to do, um, my own cl- classes. So you could like create a lot of your own opportunities in children's music, which is, right. which I think is pretty, um, unique about children's music too. I find like, um, you can grow an audience maybe a little bit easier. Um, mm-hmm. You could, you know, you, you you put up a kid song and you put it out there and you can do YouTube videos, you know, just start producing stuff and putting it out there and shopping it around to people. Um, and, and if people like it, like if kids like it, <laughs> that's, that's the nice thing about kids um, as an audience that they like it then like they want it, you know, right, and they right. want to see it over and over again. And they want to go back to your class and they want you for your birthday party. They want your plush doll, yeah. <laughs> which is so exciting. So I, I, I would just say, you know, pound the pavement, create stuff, put it out there. And um, you, you, ne- you never know, like how mm. I got into su- Super Simple was I had cold emailed um, somebody in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, I'm a session singer. Do you have any work? Like, here's my website. And that person emailed back and I started doing some songs with him and he was actually doing some music work for Super Simple at the time and knew that they were looking for a new voice mm. there. And then he said, you'd be perfect. You should audition. And and that's how I got it was just like an email. I sent an email to a random person. Wow. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a little bit of luck, but it's also just putting a lot of feelers out there. Sure. That's great. Uh, one one question that I didn't touch on before was, uh, do you have any favorite New York subway stories? <laughs> yes. Oh yes. Uh, oh, I miss. I really miss New York. I I lived in Brooklyn and uh, by the Seventh Avenue Q station, mm-hmm. and that's um, where I would do a lot of busking. Um, I started. Yeah, I, I would say all my favorite New York. Um, subway stories would <laughs> definitely have to be with busking and not waiting like in the middle of the night for a train that's taking like half an hour to get there. That would happen too. Um, but busking in the New York subway station was so much fun. Um, a little scary at times, but the acoustics down there are so nice. Mm. Um, and everyone's so quiet. The train only comes by um, like every five minutes or so. It was it was a really nice venue um 
I guess one of my my favorite moments I w- I would say is um somebody came up to me while I was playing and uh, well they I I had met them but then I I had stopped playing for a little while and she actually found me on on the internet she was like searching for like subway busker ukulele <laughs> and found me and, and emailed me and asked me to play at her wedding so I got to do awesome. her her um her walking down the aisle song and her first dance because she heard that's me on the subway how cool is that wow that that's that's really cool yeah and oh and then there was another another time I was playing in the subway and this um sort of scout came up and said that he was looking for people for um this Dan Rather's um news broadcast he was doing a special on underground musicians on subway buskers yep um and uh, i was like okay sounds sounds interesting slash maybe not real (laughs) um but okay uh and for some reason i just like started talking to him and um then somebody called called me a couple days later and i ended up filming with this film crew for a couple days and they followed me in the subway and talked about um, playing mu- music down there, and I was a part of four. I was one of four mu- musicians in this special that he that he did about underground mu- music musicians, which was really cool. That's really cool. So that's a nice little memento of my subway busking days. That's awesome. Can you find that on YouTube now, or is it kind of buried in the archives somewhere? Um, I have a I have a copy of it. I think if you um, if you search for Dan Rather's um, Dan Rather's reports. Mm-hmm. And the episode is called Underground Musicians. You can download it. Awesome. From somewhere. I think I downloaded <laughs> it from iTunes. Right. Oh, wow. I'm like so not prepared for like promotional stuff. Right. <laughs> People are like, how well, can we get in touch? It's like, well, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> Just Google me. Yeah. Like at 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 the, at the time when it came out, Dan Dan Rather is like tweeted out like, oh, today we're we have a new episode and. It's featuring these four musicians and he wrote them down and like tagged all their social media and I didn't have it at the time. So mine was like just my name and you couldn't click on it. Right. And I was like, oh, that, that's a bummer. That doesn't look good. Yep. But I just like, I don't know. I just never did that kind of stuff. I put out a lot of feelers, but not on social media. Right. Well, I mean, email is still king because if, uh, yep. if a social media site goes, you know, goes away, then you've lost all your audience. So your email yeah. list is still king. That's true. Um, Good point. So cool. Um, so let's go into the uh, the non quick fire question round. Should like to do one. Okay, I'm gonna um, hydrate. Sure. <laughs> what significant negative experience have you overcome, and what did it teach you? Um, my negative experience would probably be not being able to live in New York, and uh, it taught me that you have to um, start over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes when you start over, it could be even better. Absolutely. Oh, cool. Uh, what major positive experience has given you the encouragement to follow this journey? Hmm. I'd say bus- busking in the subway has been a really, um, it was a really great experience because the audience down there is like actively trying to ignore you, <laughs> which I thought was kind of cool because you, you just kind of have to push through it and do it anyway. And I right. learned so much about just like being myself and like, whatever, I don't care if anyone isn't listening. I'm going to just have fun with it and do it. And just practicing that every day, um, was, was a really great experience. And slowly you would see like maybe someone take their earbuds out and you're like, okay, they're listening. Or someone would like slowly approach you or Mm -hmm. give you a dollar bill, which is really nice. So that was such, um, always such a positive thing. I was like, okay, it's working, even though they're trying real hard (laughs) to not pay attention. That's funny. 
Yeah, I mean that that uh, uh, it, you know in in a in an amusing way it's almost similar but actually when now I think about it if you're the opening band from a you know if there's a national touring yeah. band and you're the opening band it's kind of the same thing people aren't really interested but if you if you really put, you know work on your craft and you really get yourself you know animated and put on a show people will actually start paying attention and you might gain more fans than if you're just standing there looking at your feet and just yeah, getting through definitely. it you know so that's such a great um comparison yeah yeah so. uh, this the subway was my opening was my opening there you act. go absolutely <laughs> um so what does music mean to you um music has been such uh just i've i've learned so much from it i'm i'm a big fan of of lyrics so mm -hmm. listening to like lyrics as a young person I was able to like learn a lot of sort of lessons without having to go through it like learning about like heartbreak and um things about your your yourself and self-doubt and all those things that people write about mm. I was able to sort of get a feeling for it without having to ever really live it too too much right. so like I I I feel like music is such a a powerful feeling builder like I, I feel like I've I've grown a lot of empathy through listening through um, lyrics of of other songwriters, mm. and you know you can put on a song it can really elevate the mood, makes you feel good, makes you feel sad, which sometimes is great. Right. Yeah. So music to me is just all like feeling and uh, wonderful. Fabulous. And a learning tool, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if it 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 just feels good to have it be a thing. Great. Um, so if people want to get in touch and, and, you know, see what you're about, uh, where can they go? Yeah. So a lot of, like I said, with social media, it's, um, it's a, it's a, not a strong game on mm -hmm. my end. Um, but through super simple, um, uh, we do a lot of promotion for our stuff and I, and I'm behind all my social media through super simple. So let's say okay. if, if, if people want to get in touch, the best thing to do would be to follow super simple Katie on Instagram that's where mm -hmm. you can find like that's the only place I post, <laughs> so okay. you're not missing anything if you just post if you just follow, follow there. And Katie's classroom on Facebook, where we do our live sing-alongs, mm -hmm. I post on there too. Um, it's all super simple related content, pr pretty much. Every now and then, I post a picture of my cat, which is very exciting. Um, <laughs> but that's where you could find me at Super Simple Katie on Instagram and the Katie's Classroom Facebook page on Facebook. And then everyone can check you check you out on the. Um... Uh, the super simple uh, YouTube channels, plural. Yes, yeah. the The channel that, um, like I said, they have uh, their their little empires. So there's tons of different channels, and but the 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 channel that I do the most content for is Super Simple Play. That's where Katie's okay. classroom is. I'd yep. love for people to check it out. We're really proud of it, and we really hope kids like it. And um, and the neat thing about the new Katie's Classroom series is that hopefully people just don't watch it, but they are still able to interact with it, even though it's not live. So for every right. episode, I have a breakdown of all the activities and suggestions on how to recreate them at home mm -hmm. and how to build on them for more learning and stuff. And if we have a specific resource that we use in the classroom, we'll make it available for people on the website at supersimple.com. So we'll be able to download it and follow along, which I think is so cool. And I love seeing photos of, of our friends you know, doing the art projects or following mm. along with the activities or the dance moves when we're when we're singing. That's great. 
yeah, so that's 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 where I'm putting a lot of my um, musical energy and creative energy. It all goes into Katie's classroom right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Um, and as regular listeners know, um, I like to play an ep- uh, play a song from the uh, either the uh, artist I'm I'm interviewing or you know someone they want to give a shout out to. Um, what what song would you like to play? Well, so this is a song called "Don't You Know." And this is the first song that I would play every time I'd go down into the subway. Um, It was kind of like, you know, I'd take a deep breath and I'd be like, okay, here we go. And I would play this song and it would always put me in a good mood. It's a song that was written by LA Tunes, which is myself and Sayla Payne and Lorian Clark, which are my two best friends. And we had that band LA Tunes and we did a lot of musical stuff in university and, um, so I played a lot of LA Tunes original songs in the mm-hmm. in the subway, and I recorded a little EP in my Brooklyn bedroom called Subway Songs, and this was was one of them. And it's I don't know if, if I said this already. It's a song about my cat. <laughs> <laughs> some 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 people think it's about maybe um, a rude boy, but um, it's it's about our cat that we love so much. Right. Yeah, it's called Don't You Know, awesome. and it's just. The the recording isn't anything special. It's just me and my ukulele in a bedroom recording on a not so great mic. You can probably hear cars going by, but and, I sold and, it in ambience. the I sold it yeah ambient noise. I sold it in the in the subway and um, people seem to like it. So there you go. Great. Well, this was an awesome interview. Thank you so much for uh, joining me uh, and you know taking the time. Um, and I'm uh, glad to. Thanks for chatting. No problem. And uh, we'll, we'll we will see you on YouTube. That's where I'll be. (laughs) Really hope you enjoyed this episode. And definitely, if you have younger children or friends with younger children, go check out Katie's Classroom and the rest of the Super Simple videos. Make sure you check out my new social media pages because I've set up a dedicated Music On Your Own Terms podcast Facebook page and Instagram page. The Facebook page link is still facebook.com forward slash music on your own terms. And going forward, Instagram will be posted on at music on your own terms. Make sure you stay up to date with the podcast, including finding out who I'll be interviewing next by signing up for the mailing list at music on your own There you'll also find show notes for every episode, some pretty cool videos to check out from various guests and also links to their music and social media. If you want to find out more while you're there, don't forget to take a peek at the store and pick up something for your grandma. And finally, I'd really appreciate it if you leave a review on iTunes because that really helps the podcast get in front of more people just like you who want to learn from the successes, strategies, and failures of artists and entrepreneurs that I talk to. I really feel that the information coming from those guests is exceedingly valuable for the musicians community and anyone wanting to pick up tips from other people's experiences. And finally, if you're on LinkedIn, check out my LinkedIn page, which you can find at linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash music on your own terms as always keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other this is katie clausen's with don't you know Come right in and you can play with your tin
extra day or two You love me and it's easy to see when you kiss so tenderly Don't you know how those big brown eyes make me, you make me feel inside Well you don't know so you stiff for a while, oh how you make me smile You poke around to see what you have found, just to knock it to the ground And then when I flush I hear you come and rush, I think I got a crush day or two.